0: This reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to our holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed to the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to life, light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. This is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed because I know who I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us.
1: In that embarrassing bit earlier in the service where I asked you to greet each other, uh, being Anglican by saying peace be with you, or saying hello if you're more comfortable with that. I wonder if you know where the, where the word hello comes from. Apparently, it is a modern abbreviation of an original saying which means health to you. So it's a kind of blessing, it's a kind of wish, it's, it's a good greeting. When you say hello, you're saying health to you. It's, it's a really positive thing to say to somebody else. If you're writing a letter, it's customary to begin the letter by saying, Dear you which, which again is a bit bizarre because often you don't know the person that you write to the first time and sometimes in a letter you can be saying some quite difficult things sometimes but you always preface it with a dear not to put dear in front is really rather rude. In the ancient world you always began a letter with the word greeting or greetings but in the New Testament all the letters written by the Apostle Paul are attributed to him and there are 13 in all they begin with a blessing grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ or words to that effect. Grace and peace, it's Paul's prayer for the people he's writing to. And it's more of a prayer than a wish because he did pray faithfully for the people to whom he wrote his letters. If he wrote to them he prayed for them. Grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace every single time. In our mornings throughout the autumn we're looking at Paul's letters to the Philippians and this morning we're just looking at his greeting which goes Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus, I'd laugh about that because he wrote the letter and I'm preaching on it. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace. It's one of those words with multiple meanings and if you don't move in religious circles, you tend to think of grace as a girl's name and a girl lives up to her name, if there's a seemingly effortless beauty about the way in which she moves, that's not the kind of grace that Paul is talking about here. He's not talking about grace as something graceful. He's talking about grace as something gracious. And if someone is gracious, they're kind and generous and giving. And that's what grace in these letters Is all about. You see, getting grace from God is about knowing that God is kind, receiving God's favour, knowing that God is good to you, particularly perhaps when you feel you don't deserve to be in his good books. Because grace is also bound up with the idea of forgiveness, of being treated better than you deserve. You show grace by being nice to someone who hasn't been particularly nice to you. Or forgiving an offence rather than retaliating and getting your own back. Of being good to people who are bad. It's like an unexpected and undeserved kindness when grace comes your way that can transform the way which you feel about yourself and about what you've done and about how you live in the future, because grace changes people and situations for the better. I tried to think of an example of grace, and I came up with, with one that actually relates to my, my holiday, which ended with an academic conference <laughs> at St. Andrews, as many of you know. The first time I went to St. Andrews must have been about 20 years ago, and that was for a conference as well, at which I presented my first ever academic paper in fear and trembling, and it was a disaster. It was pants. <laughs> I was still struggling to get to grips with my ideas, um, not really completely 100% aware of what I wanted to say, the person assigned to respond to my paper came with it in a very unhelpful and peculiar way, and the whole experience was just excruciating and demoralizing. I remember talking to to someone who was there at the time and just saying, that didn't go very well, did it? And he said, "Mm, no, it didn't. Uh, so he didn't, put, you know, he didn't kind of try and smooth it over and pretend it was better than it was. But what he did was he showed grace by saying, Well, next year, I'm chair of the Paul Seminar, would you like to come and give a paper there? And that was, that was hugely significant for me because I had deserved that invitation having just made a mess of the one I'd just given. But it gave me an opportunity to, to, to have a fresh start, to begin again, to do something different. It showed that there was confidence in me that I felt I didn't deserve. It gave me a second chance and made me feel I haven't reached the end of the road then. It made a world of difference, not just to how I felt at the time about the past failure, but also about how I was able to do in the future because someone showed me grace. And I met Professor John Barclay at St Andrews last week and reminded him of that and thanked him again for it. It was a long time ago, he (laughs) said. None of us likes getting things wrong. When we do, we end up feeling stupid, guilty, worthless, uncomfortable with ourselves. And those negative feelings can be reinforced and compounded if other people gang up and rub salt in the wound and make it worse. Grace doesn't do that. Grace restores the person who's got it wrong, doesn't make a meal of their mistakes, but grace lifts someone to their feet, dusts them down, may give them a metaphorical, if not an actual hug, and help them move forward to do better next time round. And the harder we've fallen, the worse we feel about ourselves the more unlikely and unexpected grace is when it comes our way. But the more we need it to repair the damage that we've done to our confidence and self-esteem by getting it wrong. So it's good to know that when we do screw up and make a mess of things, as we all do from time to time, God meets us with grace. That is how God deals with us. Forgiving, restoring, renewing, saying, you can be better than that with my help. And by his grace, he enables us to do just that. But you know, God also puts us under an obligation to be graceful, gracious to each other as well. Grace to you, says Paul, not just in terms of receiving God's grace into our lives, but grace to you in the sense of, of sharing that grace around. If we've received grace... You need to share it with others too. If you've been forgiven, you need to be ready to forgive as well. Unless you live as a hermit in total social social isolation somewhere, you are going to need grace. Because you live with other people, and you bump up with other people, you work with other people, sooner or later someone is going to say or do something stupid, or inconsiderate, or unkind, or just plain nasty. And then we need to decide how we're going to respond. Do we give them like for like, or do we exercise grace? Sometimes we ourselves can say things that are hurtful, harmful, sometimes even hateful. It can be a lack of consideration, being that bit selfish because we're tired, taking our frustrations out on other people who love us simply because they're easy targets. Or maybe when they've said or us something that they shouldn't have done, we've responded with anger rather than with grace, and the whole atmosphere turns a bit poisonous. When that happens, it takes grace to put it right again. Grace to let go of your grievances. Grace to to hand your anger over to God rather than taking it out on the person that's upset you. Grace to be loving rather than unpleasant. Grace to forgive even when the other person may not deserve it. Grace to move in the direction of rebuilding the relationship rather than dismantling it. We all need grace. And as Paul prayed for that grace to come to the Church of Philippi 2,000 years ago, it's my prayer that grace will come to us here in Brighton Road. And to you in your homes and your places of work and to your school in the start of the new term because grace makes us better people and it's God's gift to us. Of course, you don't have to accept God's gift of grace. You can choose to harden your heart and dig in your heels and pull up the drawbridge and rule alone in your own little empire. But if we do that, we miss out on the second of God's gifts to us and that is peace. Grace and peace go together. The commentator Matthew Henry said, there can be no true peace where there is not true grace. And where grace goeth before, peace will follow. Peace is God's gift on the back of his grace to an alienated world. And it goes a lot deeper than a sense of inner calm you might have while shutting your eyes and listening to pan music with with headphones on. It's not just about how I feel inside. It's about my connectedness to everybody else around me. In the absence of grace, our relationships become fractured. We end up being out of sorts with those who love us and ill at ease with ourselves. It goes deeper even than that. Karl Marx, in his early days, had a lot to say about alienation. He said, we're alienated from the work we do. We're alienated from the product of our labor. We're alienated from those with whom we work. And we're alienated from ourselves from our own true identity as human beings. And the Bible also talks about us being alienated and estranged from the world, so that we no longer live in harmony with creation, and attributes this to estrangement from God. Because we're out of sorts with God, everything else is out of joint as well. If we don't have peace, our lives are like badly tuned engines, jolting along uncomfortably and gradually shaking themselves apart. Grace is God coming along to set right what is wrong and restoring us to peace. Peace in the sense of being okay with God, okay with ourselves, okay with others, okay with the world, okay at work. That doesn't mean to say that we are never in situations of stress or tension, but there is a security to be had. In those situations, by knowing that your life belongs to God, you can never be dislocated from his grasp of you, and that can be the starting point for him to work in you and through you to bring his peace into that situation. A sense of equilibrium, a sense of rightness into all the areas of your life. Peace is God making the connections between himself and you, between you and those around you enabling you to feel more at ease at home, at work, in your innermost being. The peace of God, if you like, is like the gyroscope for your life. That means whatever happens, wherever it's shaken around, whatever direction you turn it in, it still remains the right way up. It's peace the our stability in an unstable world. So you can understand why Paul prays for grace and peace for his readers. Particularly, as we shall see, life in Philippi could be pretty stressful for them. But why should grace and peace come to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Quite simply because when he died on the cross, Jesus took upon himself those things which contradict and destroy grace and peace. The anger, the hatred, the violence, the pain the evil, the suffering, the wrongdoing, the sin, all these things which diminish and destroy us as human beings and our relationships, it was there on the cross that he took them all, enduring our rejection of him and responding with grace. Praying for those crucified him, saying, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing sending his disciples out to the place where he had been crucified to bring the message of God's forgiveness to those people who had disowned him and destroyed him. And after his resurrection, he meets those who had failed him, who denied him, who'd run away and forsaken him with the greeting. Not, what did you do that for? But peace. Peace be with you. Christ responds to our violent, hateful rejection of him and each other with grace and peace. And it's because he went to the cross that he can absorb our anger and our pain and our hurt and our sin and all that stuff that destroys us and replace them with his grace, with his peace. And he did that for those people who crucified him He can do the same for us because no one is beyond the saving reach of the grace and the peace of God. The reason I do this job is that because I believe and have seen the way in which God's grace and God's peace can change people's lives and situations for the better. And God can do it for you, if you ask Him to. May grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be yours in abundance in every way, in his name. Amen.